Hello there. Thanks for watching or listening to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. We're on a episode 130. That's uh, a lot, a lot over. And we don't, we have a break at Christmas. You got us for a few more weeks yet. You know, if you're watching on YouTube, great. Leave a review. Say we're dreadful. Say we're good. Say what you want. We don't give a monkey, but leave a review. Go on Spotify, iTunes. Do exactly the same. Say what you like. We've all got rhino skin here, and we're a bit, you know, we don't get affected. We're not precious like these internet journalists on here, mate. We're a little bit old school. Although John might be the youngest of the three of us on here tonight. And we, one of our guests is a boxer. Anyway, you know me, Steve. You know John Evans. Our special guest this week, a man who, until a year or so ago, I did a BBC article on him and called him the oldest prospect in world boxing. Uh, now he's had a couple title fights. He might be the oldest pro in British boxing. I'm not sure about that. He's 42 and a half. It's the fist or Jimmy First, as he as he's known. Um, what do you want to call you, the Fist or Jimmy? What would you prefer, Jimmy? Yeah, up to you, Stevie. Jimmy the Fist. Jimmy, Jimmy the Fist. Well, I tell you what, brilliant to have you on. We spoke about you briefly last week with Matt Vienko, and we thought there's only one man to get on this week, the Fist, Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy, um, you know, another title. Well, I think it's your second title fight coming up, or third, is it? A second, second title fight, yeah. yeah, 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 challenging Louis Sylvester for the English title in Rotherham on October 21. Steffi Bull Show, that's it, Stevie. And first and foremost, honored to be on here, mate. Honored to be uh chatting to the legends, yourself and John. Um, we'll yeah, take that. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly, I've been watching you guys for years, so yeah, it's great to be on here and uh, you know, chatting with you boys. And I've watched these uh, Bell to Bell uh, podcasts, you know, they're great. You've had some great fighters on here, so it is an honor. Um, yeah, massive fight. Um, Steffi Bullshaw, Magna Center, 21st of October against Louis Sylvester. Um, you know, history in the making. Um, I don't know when the last English champion was from, from Halifax, when, when, when there was the last English champion from Halifax, if ever. I'm not sure if there's ever been one. Um, so I'm out to make history and, uh, you know, keep defying the odds. You know, it's, it's a good fight. It's a hard fight. It's a slick operator, is Lewis. Um, but, you know, I believe I've got it in me to beat him. I mean, when we first spoke a couple of years ago, Jimmy, you spoke of boxing till you're 45. Is that still the plan? Could be 50 now, Steve. It keeps getting, it keeps getting pushed back. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. You know what? We take it fight by fight, injury free, you know. Uh, God willing, we. Uh, yeah, I'll just take it fight by fight. Um, with me being a little bit older, you know, there is the odd, uh, the extra niggles and you know the the extra pains here and there. I have to do things probably slightly differently. Maybe take the extra day off than the younger athletes. But um, I know I've got the uh, the stamina and uh, you know the strength, and I'm and I'm learning. I'm always learning and enjoying my boxing still. Yeah, final question from me. You didn't go into boxing, Jim, to your 29. And when we when I when we did that BBC interview, you spoke, you know, openly about how, what your life was like in the 20s. I mean, you were literally a beatnik, weren't you? Traveling the Far East, working jobs. We'll call I don't know. I think I called you a stoner in the interview. Do you regret not um not boxing earlier and doing that in life, or was that an experience you you know that was that you 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 know you enjoyed? Some, yeah, some... do you know what? No, it was it was a good experience. Look, I had my party days. I travelled the world and I saw, um, you know, did some amazing things and met some amazing people. Um, and who knows if if I'd have started when I was 
12 boxing, I might not have got as far as I have now. You know, I might have not had the discipline like I have now. So um, everything for a reason, you know, who knows if I had started a little bit sooner, you know, we don't know. So, you know, it is what it is. I don't have any regrets. And, uh, you know, I had to turn professional just so I didn't have any regrets in life. And even then it was just, um, you know, just have a few fights and see what happens. And, you know, I got central area champion and now, here I am fighting for the English in two weeks. So, you know, it's madness. <laughs> I'm surprised, Jimmy. I didn't bump into you around that part of the world at that time of your life because we're not probably not far for the same age and my late 20s were spent messing around around the Far East and stuff like that. So we've probably been on the same streets at some point in Kuala Lumpur and Bangkok. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, John. Yeah, definitely. You know, when you, were, you know when you were about 30... You turned over late, didn't you? About 36, Jimmy. What was the reaction like from people in the gyms and stuff like that? Did you feel like you had to prove yourself from getting them to take you seriously wanting to turn over at that age? Um, well, no, because um, with, I think, well, Chris Aston, my my manager and trainer now, it, that he already knew, you know, and he's like, well, you're young anyway. You know, he was very optimistic. Um, and they all knew that, you know, I was giving all the young'uns a proper run for the money. Um, and, you know, giving them, giving them a, more than a run for the money. Do you know what I mean? More than handling myself. Um, and, and, I, and I kind of like incorporated my travel with boxing as well. Went off to Cuba, went off to Mexico, Philippines, and, uh, you know, just to immerse myself in it to learn a bit quicker. But now nah, I think everyone kind of like had that respect for me because, you know, I, uh, I, I did put it on them youngsters' toes and, uh, they all knew they were in they, they were in a fight when they were sparring with me and stuff, you know? Yeah. Superb. I'd say, well, well, we'll crack on with the um, pod. It's three minutes. John gets angry with his bell and all that sort of thing. And we're going to mention Denzel Bentley at the end of the pod on the Magnificent Seven. Just to warn you, you can't say anything bad about Denzel Bentley to John. No. You know, they're no, like, I... they're that close. They're pals. Yeah, so I'm not just, a bad just word. warning you, Arrows. He'll, he'll get he'll get on his on his he's got this big rig motorbike in Chatterton up near me in old near Oldham, and he'll be across in Halifax before you know it. Yeah, he'll be I, over I the that. over the tops there, mate. I know the fast way there. Go through Ripon, and I can be there in 25 minutes. Yeah, just, just a warning <laughs> for you, it. Jimmy. But John, have you got I mean, your bell and everything ready? All ready to go. Yeah. Right, we'll start round one, and it's underdogs. So something Jimmy's proved that underdogs can triumph and win, and um. I made a match at the weekend, Martin Shaw, who hasn't won for 13 years against the debutant, Ross O'Donovan. I kept my job, but Martin Shaw won for the first time in 13 years. Uh, you couldn't help but be pleased to him. And I just thought of people defying odds in life. Yourself, Jimmy. Josh Warrington's in a big fight this weekend. He's defied the odds. Uh, and you know what? When you see these guys like Martin Shaw win in front of a 1,000 people at a packed nightclub on a Sunday afternoon... And they're getting lifted in the air by Josh Well. It, it means it almost it brings a lump. It brought a lump to my throat because well, you know that guy has been up before the board. He's had a couple heavy stoppage losses, and Martin Shaw pulled that off. And I just thought it was one of my favourite moments of this year in boxing. I just wondered, you know, what were your thoughts on underdogs that have triumphed? Love an underdog. Um, you know, don't everyone love the underdog? Um, you know, um, and I, I know Josh as well, really well. Was that was that his fighter, was it? Josh Wales? Yeah, yeah, Martin Shaw. Yeah, yeah. one of his way. Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I'm trying to think, top of my head, the underdogs. I'll let jump on to John first if you've got one, John. 
Yeah, well, we had. I was down in London last week. I went down to watch um, show friend of a show, Ellie Scottney, defending a world title, but also to see if Jordan Thompson. We spoke about him last week to see if he could upset the odds, and he it went badly for Jordan. Opatai was just in a, a different league, but then catching up on the fights today, and we saw a Brazilian heavyweight came from nowhere and beat yeah. up JKV on the under show Igor Macida, and he looked great. So there's two underdogs on the same night last weekend. With totally different results. So, yeah, I, I love an underdog and there's nothing like seeing one pull it but, off, is there? But you as an underdog, Jimmy, just turning professional. You, you, you've you you've proven you try. Even if you've had that one professional fight and you lost on points, you'd still triumphed. Yeah, that's it, you know. And, um, you know, we kept, you know, fight by fight, we kept going and then we got the central area and I was a big underdog then as well against Justin Newell because... Uh, that's right, yeah. You know, he was... Because of my age. And, you know, I pulled it off and... Uh, I'm probably the underdog again, you know, in two weeks' time, uh, on the Steffi Bull show, you know. Um, but I'll 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 defy the odds and get it again, you know. So yeah, you can't you can't beat the underdog. And like like you say, um, well, we'll look at Josh Josh Warrington as well. You know, we'll we'll have a I'll have a chat with him about that fight next, because uh, you know, he's uh he he's defied the odds in the past as well, hasn't he? He's always been the underdog, in fact, hasn't he, Warrington? Well, them first 15, 16 fights on Smalls, no one saw, yeah. saw this outcome that he'd have so much money in the bank and be doing well. Um, no, but we'll go on to underdog. that now. Big Sorry, John. Well, big, big underdog for Selby. Beat him up. Big you, underdog he... for Frampton. Beat him. So, yes. yeah, third world, third world title shot and big underdog again. Absolutely. Yeah, Going massive, to... massive. Right, we'll go into that round two now. Wood v. Yeah. Warrington. It's one of your topics, Jimmy. So you you talk, you yeah. tell us how you think Lee Wood and Josh Warrington is going to go this weekend. Yeah, well, do you know what? I'm 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 pals with Josh Warrington and, and his team, and um, I, I think he's but he must be the I think he is the underdog again, isn't he? Uh, Wood is the uh, is the favourite, I believe. Um, it's going to be a good fight, I think. Uh, Josh will actually trouble uh, Lee Wood in 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 areas, um, but I just feel that maybe Lee Wood's boxing might just be able to stick to the plan and box his way to a decision. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Josh Warrington gets the win, um, but who knows? Lee Wood might have to climb off the canvas. He might have to climb off the canvas. Um, you know, I mean, even though Josh Warrington's not got that many knockouts, he's got, I've sparred him and he's got some power as a lad. You know, he's a strong, strong lad. Um, but again, they say that Lee Wood's the, uh, uh, one of the biggest punchers there at Feverinte as well. So, um, but yeah, I just feel that Lee Wood might just get the tactics right and uh, just uh, run away with it. But I, I feel it'll be a Lee Wood win on points. Uh, but I hope I win, that I'm, I hope I'm wrong and, uh, and Josh Warrington uh, and do Josh Warrington does it, yeah. Yeah, just looking at the odds, Josh is two to one, which it's not as wide as I thought he was. Um, yeah. Speaking to Josh in the week, he, he said everyone's saying that Lee Wood's on a great run of form. He said, but is he? You know, he, he lost to Jazza Dickens. He beat Kanzu, which is a great result, but Kanzu stunk on the night. He got beat off Lara. He came back and beat a, a Lara, which who wasn't recognisable in the rematch. And Conlon, it was an all-out war, wasn't it? He said, so is he really in good form? Um, I'm like you, though, Jimmy. I think 
if Lee can keep it at distance, that's when he's at his best. Like when he was against Ryan Doyle, he was perfect. And against Zui was perfect. And Lara in the rematch, he was perfect. That if he can avoid getting involved in a fight and land that right hand, which apparently is like a kick from a horse, maybe he's just got a little bit more left in the tank. If Josh can get on his chest and make it a fight, we've seen what Lara and Conlon can do. And Jazza Dickens. Jazza Dickens Jazza. got on his chest and beat him. So yeah. I think it's a clear show of tactics, isn't it? Josh yeah. has got to get on his chest. Wood's got to keep it at distance. Well, Jazza was the blueprint, really, about the beating because Jazza was superb that night. Um, absolutely. He was outstanding. And um, Josh is a better version of Jazza. Ja Jazza. You'd back Josh against Jazza. But you know what? I think a lot of it is our... Josh handles the power when he does land. There will be a stage in in the fight where one of those right hands lands lands and hits Josh. Out. And it's how well he handles it, how he recovers. But you know what? He's a VIP boxer, and you know you want you you, you want you will Josh on to do well because he is one of the best fellas you meet. But I've just got that slight edge towards Leewood as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. uh, like he says, he's. he's He's probably learnt a lot from. I mean, the both will have learnt a lot, you know. Um, it's it's down to tactics, isn't it? It's down to tactics. But I just remember that Lee Wood when he got dropped by Conlon, then the way he fought back and he had that grit and, you know. But I think, like you said, the tactics. Um, it's all about tactics on the night, and if Lee Wood can, you know, just box to order, and uh, I think those nice straight shots of his as well, which are meant to be, like you say, very powerful. Yeah. Round three, John, over to your um, first topic, daring and fouling. Yeah, we hear this daring to be great a lot these days, don't we? It's one of these topics that drives me mad. Um, every fight, if we want to get to a world title, that's one thing. And then unifications, that's the next step. And then if you've accomplished all you can do and you, you can't struggle to make the weight, you look for the next challenge up. But this daring to be great... Um, I, I think it's just becoming a code word now for take the highest paying fight you can possibly take up a weight and try and stay safe. And I thought Charlo against Canelo on Saturday was a perfect example. Charlo didn't try and win. You know, he dared to be great by sticking on 14 pounds and then negotiating 12 rounds. That's all he did. It, it's probably ruined the appetite for a fight with Crawford. It's ruined the appetite for, to see Charlo again at a lower weight because he... He showed next to no ambition. And I, I just would like to see an end to these fights where it involves someone jumping up two and three weight classes, just chasing names. I, I don't think it does the sport any good. Yeah, look, it was his pension fight, the way he performed was almost <laughs> as if he knew he couldn't win. We we used to see this in Mayweather fights, didn't we, a lot of the time. They just went in there just to go 12 rounds. We've seen that with Mayweather. Um, and now, you know, you, you're... I've, <laughs> You're almost seeing this with Char. We've 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 seen this before with Canelo, haven't we? In fights, yeah. You know, where people have gone in there and they haven't given their all. And I just think it, it, I, I watched the, the first half. I've only seen the first half dozen round, but I didn't watch it live. And I just think he was in. He was in there just just for his money and to get out in one piece. Which, if that was his aim, he navigated it perfectly. You've got to throw caution to the wind, haven't you? You're in there, chase greatness. You've got to bloody go for it. You know, you're in that position. You've took the fight. You've just got to go. You've got to bloody throw 
caution to the wind and blooming and chase chase greatness. You, you've got to be yeah. willing to get knocked out. You see fighters in eight Positive. round fights who are against the odds. So you know, we all go in there. You're in a hard fight in a couple of weeks, Jim. You you admit that you're the underdog. There's no way you're going to go in there with the attention and navigating ten rounds and getting out exactly. without a mark on your face so you and your missus can get in your camper van the next day and go up to the Scottish Highlands, what you do and stuff like that. You're not like that. No, exactly. This is, you know, this is do or die. I'm going all out. I'm putting out absolutely everything on the line here. You know, it's, uh, you know, it's like, you know, I've got nothing to lose. So why would I flipping go in there? And well, it's not in me anyway to take a back, <laughs> a back step anyway, is it? Yeah. You know, I just keep plowing at him. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, you know, I can sort of understand going in, you know, with a corner man and an agreement, even maybe with a fighter saying, Right, I'll have the towel ready, you know, give it all you've got. If I yeah. see it's getting bad, I've got the towel ready. I mean, it's sort of an unsaid thing, but to just go in and and not even get involved like Charlo did, I just so disappointing. So just disappointing. Three words yeah, you said. Though. There, Jimmy, nothing to lose. Now, if Charlo had gone in there with attitude, nothing to lose the other night and got stopped in eight rounds, there would have still been a demand for him in the middleweight division because he'd gone out there yeah. and, and, and really gone out. Look at someone like Liam Smith when he fought Canelo. Gave it his all. Got done. There's been so many opportunities for him since. But yeah, exactly. Charlo, he's left a bad taste. But there you go. Yeah. A bit like Fulton and uh, Inoue. You know, everyone expected Fulton to right. go in there, and you know, and he did the same thing as well, didn't he? Yeah, great point. Great yeah. point. Um, yeah, round but... four. Um, that um, no fanfare. This topic's called, and mate, you guys may disagree with me that when Fury and Usyk was announced, that you know, it, it came out the blue. For once, there was a no. It was an announcement no one expected, and everyone kept quiet, which was quite wonderful. But you know what? It didn't seem to me to capture the imagination like it would. People spoke about it, but it was still a lot of cynicism about it with people saying, I believe it when it happens. And and I still think there's a lot of people thinking that way. I just don't think it got the, tr you know, the trumpets and fanfare and flag waving. They expected when it was announced. How, how did you see it, John, the announcement? Did you Am I am I overreacting there? No, I don't think so. I, I, got, I was one of those people I got told at 11 o'clock Friday morning. You told me, yeah. And I had to sit on it until... Four o'clock in the afternoon, yeah. And, but no, I think it's probably just because we've cried wolf so many times, you know, these fights have nearly been made and we don't get over the line and people might just be a little bit jaded with it. I wonder if there was any thought of just holding back the announcement until Fury's done what he's done against Nganu and then, and now making his way to the ring and bought Usyk in after then. I wonder if that was ever an option to jump on, piggyback on the back of Fury and Garnu and build up the next fight. But yeah, it just sort of got lost in... Sort of got lost in all the boxing news, didn't it? Uh, Jimmy, have you, are you were you fed up with the Fury Usyk talk, or were you excited when it was announced? What was your reaction? It was, it was, I think, because it's been talked about and then not happened and not happened. I think people might be just kind of deflated with it, and also there was no actual specific date, so it says they say December or January, so it was kind of like you know. So there's nothing set in stone as yet. So maybe that's why people's reactions weren't as, you know, as positive as uh, as as they could be. Because it's a massive fight, isn't it? You know, it's 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 it's, it's huge. And uh, you know, if it does get, you know, when it's you know when the when it's all set in stone, I'll be very excited to tune into that one. You know, and uh, and uh, and I believe Fury and hopefully Fury will do it. But 
I just don't know if Fury's um, taking the UFC, you know, fighting the UFCs and chasing the monies has just done his reputation a little bit of damage. Um, you know, just doing that crossover. And I mean, obviously, Nganu is a massive puncher, uh, but, you know, he's from the UFC background. You know, it was, uh, if it was, Fury going into UFC, he'd get absolutely flipping annihilated, wouldn't he? You know, put on the ground, tied up, yeah. flipping, that'd be that, you know. So, obviously, he's a massive favourite, and he, you know, and he, you know, so maybe he's just de- his reputation's been damaged a touch. Yeah. yeah. Also, I think with mainstream media, opinion. print and BBC and stuff, announcing a fight at four o'clock on a Friday afternoon when there's Premier League the next day, even Fury Usyk doesn't take precedence over it. But there you go, anyway. No. Um, round five, a topic that a lot of boxers who come on want to talk about, drug seats. And Jimmy, you were telling me you don't even take protein shakes to make sure there's nothing in, in your body. They, 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 they disagreed with my stomach, the protein oh. shakes, back when I was, probably when I started blooming boxing or even even before when I was doing, doing a bit of weight training and stuff. Not that I did a lot. But yeah, I think I, I my opinion is if they get caught with it and it's a genuinely... Uh, I mean, it's a bit of a grey area, isn't it? Because they could have a paracetamol that's mixed with something else, which has a reaction, um, which 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 kind of like um, you know reacts to and and is a dodgy substance. But my 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 thoughts are they should be banned and banned for life if they have intended on taking steroids to do you know in in a fight to enhance their boxing because you could kill someone in there. You know, like I say, yeah, I don't even have bloody protein shakes. I only have a few vitamins, vitamin D3, iron and bloody magnesium now. <laughs> do you know what I mean? And a bit of B12. That's it. That's it. I don't even have protein shakes. I'm 42, still doing what I'm doing, you know. And, uh, you know, I think it's just sickening. Um, so, yeah, I think ban them. Ban them for, uh, for life as well. Yeah. How rife? I mean, you fought on small shows, Jim, and, about, you know, well, I suppose I am putting this on the spot. Do you think it's rife at the, at the lower level as well as the top level? Because there's hardly any testing, is there, at um, yeah. the lower level? Have you ever been tested? I've never been tested, no. Um, but I think, yeah, test for all the way through because why, you know, why not? Um, you know, you're putting people's lives on the line. So, yeah, I believe it should be, they should be tested from, from, from the very low level all the way up. I, I imagine it might be... Possibly be more rife at the lower levels because a lot of these guys will be be know they're not going to get tested. They want to impress the mates. The mates will be on the gear in the gym doing the weightlifting and stuff like that. I think we all know people who are on it doing weights, don't we? And yeah, I, exactly. it's probably much easier for them lads to get it who are fighting in four rounders than it is the pros to get away with it. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, surprised you don't get on with your protein shakes, Jimmy. Do you even check the quality of the meat over there in Halifax, like Canelo? You know, make sure there's no uh, there's no chemicals yeah, in Halifax. Like Canelo, uh, yeah. Do you know what? I, I don't. I had a steak the other day, which I got from the Shears Inn, actually, um, <laughs> off, off a, a mate of mine at a pub. But I have a lot of veg. Um, I've been growing a lot of veg. I've got a little allotment with a couple of pals, and I'm. I've been. I tell you, I've been. The only juice I have is flipping raw veg juice. I've been, uh, I've been, yes, I've got my own tomatoes. I've been flipping juice. I've been juicing cabbage, beetroot, bit of ginger, apples, and a bit of spinach. And it's, uh, yeah, they, they seem to do all right. You get your nutrients straight in your body. 
Um, it, so yeah, and, and I jumped. Go on. No, go on. <laughs> like an old man, out of a little. You, I'm just gonna yeah. say that, right? You, <laughs> well, you've gone through it before we got to the final round. You're 42, I think. Right. I'm just wondering if you might be a bit older. You might be one of the. You might be like one of these African footballers who stick a few years on. If you was from Lagos, <laughs> I'd have my doubts because you're taking all the vitamins that senior citizens yeah. take, and you and your That's mates it. have got an allotment. It's like it's like last of the summer wine, and you live near Home Firth as well. You missed off castor oil, Proper. Jimmy. Castor oil as well. <laughs> and I used to have the compo hat. All my mates used to call me compo. I used to run with flipping that with old that old that compo. <laughs> right, Compo, the fist, all the nicknames are with you, Jim. Love it, um, love it. Right, yeah. final round. Um, right, we had a bit of a laugh there. The, the Magnificent Seven. Now, this is the this is the sort of card that John's going to lead the way on and no one's going to word him because oh, it's your it. card of the year, I'm sure, John. Yeah, this is this is my type of, you know me, this is my type of thing. Um, were any of you at the, the Magnificent Seven show Frank put on in Birmingham years ago? I was covering ago? it, yeah. I was there. I was there. It was, it was madness, was A nutty night, that was, yeah. I was there for that one. But this one looks a better card even than that looks. It does, yeah. we got top of the bills, a cracker, isn't it? Nick Ball against Isaac Dogball. That shows us whether Nick Ball really is world-class. Dogball will prove it. But it's going to be a bang-up anyway, that, isn't it? Ball and Dogball. It's going to be a, a great fight. Den our mate Denzel fighting Nathan Heaney. I think it's supposedly sink or swim time for Heaney, isn't it? They've got I to think. put him in a fight and they've put him in a British title fight. Um, Denzel's a big favourite. But straight down the card, you know, um, Nathaniel Collins fighting Zach Miller from Manchester. Zach's been given a, a short notice chance. And it's just fight after fight after fight. Seven title fights. Um, my kind of card, that. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. You know what? That Dog Bay and Nick Bull fight, it smells of the... Having worked for Frank Warren in the past for a lot of years um you know i know frank very very well you know i know he thinks you're matchmaking he's he's one of frank's what one thing frank's knows better than anyone in boxing is the right fights at the right time and i think this is what he's he's banking on for ball and i, I re when frank makes these fights of these young unbeaten guys against guys who aren't finished but are just on the slide he very rarely gets it wrong and i think ball might come through I tell you what, I'm, I want. I want to see if Zach Miller can jump up the levels, because he's hardly beaten anyone with a winning record. It's a brave step up that Steve Maley, his trainer, has taken here. Because I tell you what, while Collins might not be a great, great featherweight, he's a very good one. He's nasty, he's tricky, and he's an awkward southpaw. And I, I think that's a massive ask for Zach. I think yeah. Bentley against Heaney's Christmas, Christmas money. Yeah, and the other the other one that's a cracker, but I think they're still talking about um, it's another step. But I spoke to Frank about this, and he thinks it's time for the Piranha, one of my favourite fights, Piranha Garna going in with Kakachi. That's a it's a big ask, but there's, there's a lot of confidence that Ryan can do that. But yeah, top to the bottom, that that's a that's my kind of builder. What do you reckon, Jimmy? What's yeah. your standout there, Jimmy? The fights you mentioned. That, that's a lot. That is a tasty card, but. I agree with you too. It's got to be Dogber and Ball, hasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that is that has got flipping fireworks written all over it. Um, like I say, Ball's just an absolute wrecking machine, isn't it? Um, but Dogber's, uh, you know, he, he's crafty. He's, he's he's been there at that world level, hasn't he? And uh, that's a flipping tasty fight, is that? Yeah, that is, a, that, that is a tasty fight. And uh, I ain't seen much of Zach Miller. Um, 
around the gyms, but I've heard he's a very good fighter. I've heard he's, he's I've heard he's, he's he's a pretty pretty good fighter. So it'd be interesting, like you say, to see how he uh, see how he does up them levels. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, that... a... Sorry, John. Oh, no, no, go on, mate. Yeah, Zach's had bad luck, hasn't he, with people pulling out of title fights. Like, if things had gone right for Zach, he'd be going into this as a reigning area champion. Yeah, he'd... but he's had quite two pullouts at the last minute. And if you're going in as an area champion, suddenly it doesn't sound as bad, does it? But mm. he's not had that chance to prove himself against someone like a Ramabalexa or something like that. It's a big step up. I'm yeah. glad Dogbait's got the chance to fight in Britain because he's lived here most of his life. And I remember him telling me when he when he was a little boy, his dad would take him in the park in Brixton and um, take him on the pads and stuff like that. And Dean Powell, the late Dean Powell, my great, great friend, used to go running through the park and he'd take Dogbait when he was a little kid, like lots of little bits of boxing gear. So you see him on the pads with his dad and, you know, quite incredible. That's I've always followed Dog Bay, and he, he's a lovely guy as well. But anything... one, 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 Steve, one of the great, one of it in the great Box Nation days when we used to get some mad shows. One of my favourite ones was when it was in Ghana for Dog Bay's world title defence. Oh, that's it. After it, after it upset um the guy with yeah. a brother name escapes me. The guy whose brother fought Terry Flanagan, he beat, didn't he? In an upset. It looked like absolute bedlam, bedlam, didn't it, over there in Ghana? I'll tell you what, he's some fella as well. Dog Bay, some bloke. Fellas, I think we, we've got about three minutes on our clock there. So are we well out of time, John. We've been running over tonight. Yeah, we're over a little bit, but ah, Jimmy's, well. Jimmy's a good Me. guest. You know what? Yeah. Jim, brilliant having you on. We'll get you back on in a few months if that's okay. Anytime, mate. Might get you on, on for a... your 43rd birthday, mate. We'll have a 43rd birthday, fella. <laughs> <laughs> 43rd birthday, Bastry. I'd love that. When, when is it? About it. March, you're 43, aren't you? Yeah, March, me, mate. Yeah, yeah, 14th. Yeah. 43. Fantastic. You know what? But, Inspirational stuff, mate. You boxing, you know, after, yeah. you know, st- turning over so late. And you're never too late, it proves. Anything can happen, can't it? You know, just uh, apply yourself and uh, look after yourself. And you're, uh, yeah, any- anything's possible, isn't it, Steve? It is, mate. Like, you know what I mean? You've got two minutes left, Jimmy. What? How do you weigh up, Sylvester? You know, are you. I thought Lewis about three years ago really looked like he could be a bit of a a bit of a, a good and me he went a bit quiet. But what, how do you weigh up Sylvester? Yeah, I, well, he's um, he's a good fighter. He's uh, he's a slick operator. He can box. He can. Uh, he's a boxer mover. Um, in his last fight, when he won the English title, it was quite controversial. Was it? Was it Adam Cope? Was it? Yeah. Was it Adam Cope? Adam. Yeah. Um, some people thought it went the other way, but. Um, so he's, you know, he's beatable. Anyone's beatable, aren't they? Um, so I've just got to get my tactics right on the night. And, um, you know, like I say, he's, he's a good operator. Um, he's, he's slick, he's a slick boxer. So I've just got to take him out of his rhythm and really disrupt that and, uh, do what I do best. And, uh, and I can beat him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's a good one. It's a good. It's a great opportunity and uh, one that I'll uh, grab with both hands, Steve and uh, John. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know what? I think it's fair to say nothing against Lewis, but I think we're going to be rooting for you anyway. It's hard not to root for you, Jim. And uh, you know, you're a good man. And said Very this kind. to Matt no, last week, but it's been brilliant having you on here. 
tonight. It's been brilliant having you on, John, as well. You're on every week, though, so I can't <laughs> keep saying you're a good fella oh, and all oh, that you, sort of oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, me now, yeah. Uh, but just, what, just on Matt, just on Matt Vienko, sorry to jump in. Alex, what a top bloke he is. Welcome yeah. into his gym. Got me some quality sparring. I went over on my own because my trainer couldn't make it. Got me corner work. Absolutely spot on. Yeah, can't say uh, enough good words about that man. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, Jimmy, thanks for coming on. John, thanks for coming on. And thanks, everyone, for watching or listening. And we'll be back next week. And we're sorry you we're not on the internet till Wednesday this week. But oh, well, I had an important thing on last night. Chelsea Fulham, which I don't really want to talk about. Up the Fulham. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.